you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to open to John chapter 10. We're going to look there today. Yeah, I, I want to start this morning and I want to make a confession to you. It's one that's hard for anyone to, to, to make publicly to people, but, but I have to tell you, if there's one thing that, that's a problem in my life at times, it's I worry. Anybody else? You, you worry? But the truth of the matter is, if you look around us, there's a lot of things to worry about, isn't there? I mean, they tell us you have to stay out of the sun. It could cause skin cancer. Air vents in public places cause these lung-clotting molds that form in your body. Potato chips and french fries, too many carbs. Too many vitamins can actually be bad for your health. Think about it. Why do they call the airport a terminal? I mean, is, is there really not a better name they could give that? Why do pilots say, you know, prepare for our final approach? Why not our semi-final approach? You know, sometimes I feel like I just have this PhD in worry. And we all have worries. And so the question really is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about your worries? I mean, really, we have two choices, don't we? You can either try to handle the worries yourself, or you can let someone else do it for you. See, we can do that with some things, right? We can, we can let the bank worry about keeping our money safe. We can let financial planners worry about preparing our for retirement. We can let doctors worry about diagnosing illnesses and figuring out the best treatments and medications and, and will they conflict with other things. But what about when we worry about our families and health issues? And we worry about our kids and we're worried about them at school and what they're coming in contact with from other students and, and you know, there's drugs and there's alcohol and there's all these things. What about the worry of, uh, am, I, am I finding my purpose in this life before this life is over? Do we worry about death? Do we worry about when I die, where, where do I go? I mean, there are a lot of worries in this life that, truth be told, we cannot handle on our own. We cannot take care of on our own. And the good news is, we have God. Because believe it or not, God can handle every one of our worries concerns, issues, <laughs> if we just let him. And I know this because he tells us this. 1 Peter 5.7 says this, Cast all of your anxiety, your worries, on him because he cares for you. See, let me just summarize that verse for you. Your worries matter to God because you matter to God. This verse tells us that our worries are a sign that we matter to God. We're in this series called I Matter. And, and today we're going to see that God takes care of us just like a shepherd takes care of his sheep. Seven different times, or six different times, Jesus made these I am statements. And they astounded the people when they heard them. And so this morning, uh, I want us to look at the next one. So John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
Jesus claims to be the good shepherd. You know, I don't doubt that if we took a vote, this would probably be one of the most popular I am sayings. You may not realize this, but the Bible compares us as people to sheep and, and often describes God as our shepherd. Many times throughout Scripture. One of the most well-known verses, Psalms 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We see it repeated in Psalms 95, 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. First uh, Peter 2.25, For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. I mean, throughout the, the Gospels, Jesus uses a lot of different examples and a lot of metaphors to describe himself. He calls himself a door. He calls himself light. He calls himself a vine. He calls himself bread. But more than anything else, he calls himself, and is called by others, a shepherd. And so this morning, I want us to learn why. As the good shepherd, not only do we not have to worry, as long as we are a part of his flock, but it's because we are a part of his flock that we matter to him. Because as the good shepherd, we know God guides me when I need direction. You know, it always fascinates me as I read the Gospels and I look at how Jesus looked at people. <laughs> because he looked at them so different than we do, than oftentimes I do. Because unlike most of us, Jesus looked at people and he didn't see nameless faces and blank personalities and just all of these hang-ups and, and hiccups and problems and issues. And He saw us as sheep. Now let me just ask, anybody here have sheep? No, okay. I didn't think anyone did. And so sometimes when we read things like, I am the shepherd, it just doesn't really make sense to us, does it? Because we don't live in that culture. But in that day and age, those people got it. See, raising sheep, taking care of sheep, was a very intimate occupation. The shepherd knew each one of his sheep by name. And you know what? He had one job. Well, technically two jobs. He had to provide for the sheep and to protect the sheep. That was his job. The very existence of the sheep depended on the care and the leadership of their shepherd. Which explains this verse a little bit in Matthew 9, verse 36. It says, seeing the people, he felt compassion on them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. A flock of sheep with no shepherd is, is probably one of the saddest things you'll ever see because those sheep are helpless. Right? Sheep have no sense of direction and without any leadership, they just wander aimlessly. They'll stray away from the flock. They'll, they'll lose their way and, and many times walk off cliffs or are into dangerous places. They just wander. During World War II, the English government knew that Hitler was planning to invade the British islands. And so they were encouraging their, their people to prepare for this invasion. And there were several things they did. They they encouraged them to bolster their defenses and they put guards on constant watch and they developed this early warning system and evacuation routes. But the most interesting thing they did, the government passed a law and required every community to take down every road sign 
and any sign that had the name of their town or village in it. Because they understood the Germans had maps of England, but if they couldn't locate themselves on the map, they would be slowed in their progress as they approached to London. Without any signs, without any points of reference, the troops just wandered aimlessly. Like sheep. And the sad thing is, that's the way most people live their lives today. I mean, we know people that they, they don't know who they are and they don't know what they want to be and where they want to go and how to get there. And, and so husbands and wives wander away from marriages and, and children wander away from their parents and people walk off these cliffs of drugs and alcohol and abuse. And Sheep need guidance. They, they need direction. They need leadership. That's the job of the shepherd I mean, think about Psalms 23, verse 2. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. The shepherd takes care of his sheep. That's the difference between a cowboy and a shepherd, isn't it? I mean, a cowboy drives his cattle where a shepherd leads his sheep. When I was in high school, I worked out at Connect Christian Camp, used to be Camp LRCA, for the summer. And the, the manager at the time, his name was Mike Mauger, and he had sheep. And I don't know why he had sheep, but, but there was a lot of sheep on the property. And one day during the summer, he said, okay, Tim, I need your help. I need you to get into this pickup truck. I'm like, sweet, I'm 15. I've never driven. Let's do this. <laughs> well, I drove once, but I crashed through a garage. I'll, I'll tell you that story another time. So he gets me in this truck and he says, now all I want you to do is drive very slowly and you're kind of just going to herd these sheep. And while I was in the truck and I was waiting, Mike runs around this huge, I don't know, 100, 200, seemed like 1,000 at the time, amount of sheep sitting there. And he gets in front of them and he just starts talking. Hey, let's go. And all these sheep begin to walk and just follow him out of one of these pens, down this road, to another pen. And it was just my job to drive behind them and when the sheep just kind of stopped to take some grass, honk the horn, and the sheep would start moving again. It was so crazy to me, interesting to me to watch these sheep just follow their shepherd. Psalms 80 verse 1 says, Oh, give ear, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned above the cherubim, See, when we allow God to become our shepherd, when we begin to read his word for for guidance and instruction, we can actually talk to him, ask him for help. And God promises that he's going to lead us where he wants us to go, where he knows that we need to go. So if I am in his flock and he is my shepherd, I matter to him. I don't need to worry. Because he is my good shepherd, I know God also guards me when I face difficulty. Well, listen again to John 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, if we were to continue reading down, you would notice that Jesus says the same thing four different times. He lays down his life for a sheep. Verses 11, 15, 17, and 18. 
It's why he's not just a shepherd. He's not even the shepherd, but Jesus is the good shepherd. Again, sheep are completely defenseless without their shepherd. I mean, think about it. Dogs, dogs will bite you, right? Cats have nails and they'll scratch you. Skunks, they'll spray you. But sheep, bah. It's not very scary. And so sheep need protection. It's the job of the shepherd. See, notice that I didn't say the shepherd guards us from difficulty. What I said was the shepherd protects us when we face difficulty. See, the shepherd can't prevent the sheep from coming into contact with wild beasts, but the shepherd can protect them when they do. What does that mean? The Apostle Paul uh, made this statement in 2 Timothy 4, verse 18. He said, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. That's a great promise that we can claim if Jesus is our good shepherd. The Lord will rescue me. The Lord will deliver me. And then he makes this statement in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23. It says, are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this, but I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. You you keep reading down the next few verses, and it says that he was beaten, and he was stoned, and he was shipwrecked, and he was constantly in danger for his life. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of strange because Paul says that God will deliver him from every evil deed, but then it sounds like he was put with a lot of evil deeds. But go back and listen. God calls himself the good shepherd. That word good doesn't just mean nice and and kind. It literally means one of a kind and a class all by himself. Do you know what a good shepherd always does for a sheep? He does what's best for them. And so yes, sometimes that means it will include difficulties and problems and tragedy and troubles. But because God, because Jesus is our good shepherd, we know that there is no problem before me that is bigger than my God above me. And so the shepherd who gave his life for me the shepherd who, who came back from the dead to prove that he can conquer death, he can conquer anything. And so if I'm in his flock and he is my shepherd, I don't need to worry. And because he's my good shepherd, I know he gets me to my final destination. Jesus was kind of on a roll and he was talking about his role as the shepherd and our role as the sheep. And, and he continues, verse 27 in John 10. He says, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I mean, Jesus lives by one creed, no sheep left behind. 
And even though sheep are helpless and defenseless, not the sharpest knives in the drawer, there's one thing about sheep that I admire. They don't worry. I mean, if you look at a, a herd or flock of sheep, you'll never see worried sheep. You don't, you don't see them nervously rubbing their hooves together. You'll never see a sheep sweat. You'll never see them pacing back and forth. They don't worry as long as the shepherd is around. They don't need to worry about security because no matter what else is happening around them, if they have the presence and the protection of their shepherd, they know they can handle anything thrown at them. So let me ask you this morning, what, what is your greatest worry? I mean, think about it. What is your biggest concern in life right now? Is it your family? Maybe it's your, your kids. Maybe it's your, your parents. You worried about job security? Kids, you worried about things in school, your future? See, whatever it is, we know that the concern of the sheep is never greater than the care of our shepherd. I mean, imagine with me, if someone built a car that was guaranteed to survive any accident, right? No matter what hit it, no matter what it hit, it would survive. Or imagine if there was a plane built that was guaranteed to survive any crash. Or if engineers built a ship that was guaranteed not to sink. What would that be worth? It'd be priceless, wouldn't it? So let me ask you, what is it worth to follow a shepherd who protects you, who guarantees you eternal life, who guarantees you a home in paradise? I don't know about you, but to me, that's priceless. You know, I was reading that they said if a shepherd embarks on a long journey and has a flock of sheep with him, if he arrives at his destination with at least 50% of the flock, it's considered success. And they said the reason is there are so many dangers out there to the sheep, like, you know, water and drowning and poisonous grass and disease and wild animals. And but that's why Jesus is like no other shepherd. It's why he is the good shepherd, the one-of-a-kind shepherd, because when Jesus starts out with 100 sheep, he ends with 100 sheep. He doesn't lose one. And maybe there are some of you who don't have Jesus as your good shepherd. Or you have family or friends that aren't a part of this flock. He talks to us too. John 10 verse 16 says this. I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. You know, at one time I was one of those sheep. They weren't part of the flock. And this morning maybe that's where you are. But, but the great news of scripture is that anytime we are ready to accept him as our shepherd, he's ready to be our shepherd. So this morning, as we close, I, I just want to ask, are you ready to be a part of the flock? Are you ready to surrender your life to him? If that's your desire,